Yo, what up, what up, what up, man? Welcome to Give Me The Loot Podcast with Xavier Marley. What's up to all my looters out there? Man, it's been a crazy February. We just started off and it's just been spicy, so spicy. A lot of things been going on. Uh, I had no idea that was going to play. Um, it's just been just for the last two weeks just trying to get the episode done and not knowing what's happening. I didn't know what song was going to play. I just... I just knew I had it for this episode. Um, yo, that was Miguel, man. Uh, Shouts out to him. I hope everything's good with him. Uh, be honest with you, I was just listening to King Disease by Nas. So that's what's on my mind right now. Uh, such a great project. I think it's better than King Disease 2. I think it's better than Magic. It's, I don't know, man. I think it was just something special about him and Hit Boy getting together not knowing what's going to happen on the album and then it end up being a Grammy winning album like I, I don't even think they prepared for that shit uh, they just gelled and you know that's why I like it uh, and I think with King Disease 2 I, I think they knew what they were doing and the King Disease 3 that's coming out sometime this year I think they know what they're doing now they worked out that chemistry they worked they, they, you know I think the, the theme of uh, King Disease 1 I kind of really tap in with Is because It's around it Being black And it talks about You know Black women And black men The relationship And the dynamic It really talks about that On the album You know And that's a lot of things That was going on in the world In 2020 With the George Floyd protest So You know And I'm still Not that I'm living in the past But I just can't Understand how that shit Just went by so quick I can't understand how the George Floyd situation happened and no real change happened after that. You know what I'm saying? Only thing that changed was like a little band-aid that went on politically. That was the only real thing that changed. You know, if you it wasn't really no legislation, it wasn't no real it was just all political correctness. So, you know, just listening to the album, I just feel like not a lot of things change in the world and that's just the reality of it. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like we just moved on past it. And you could just tell with the music and the art, it's just like that was just like a blip in history. Like, And I guess you could say because of COVID just started, the whole pandemic, quarantine, that whole thing was going on. So it was a weird time in our lives and a time that we never had before. But I just feel like we just went a little bit too fast. You know what I mean? But I do love the album. Great album. Uh, So let me start off with, Cause it's gonna be a, a a wild episode, so let's just start off from the top and let's get it how we get it. All right. So last week it was a controversy around Whoopi Goldberg, right? And Whoopi had made statements that kind of caused a big stir all over social media, 
And then in the real media too, it caused a big stir too because she not only made this comment on her show on regular TV, but then she went on a night show and then she kind of doubled down. But really, she was ambiguous about it. And then ABC suspended her for two weeks over this comment. Now, I'm going to play the clip right now. Well, also, if you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's not about race. No, it's about a different race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about race. What is it about? Because it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's Jew, not about ideal race. But these are two Romans. white groups of people. Well, they How do we have to black people see them as white men? But you're missing the point. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. So that was a comment that Whoopi had to say, right? Uh it was about a minute long, right, that she kind of went into her bag about this subject. And it's three conversations. It's really two conversations that you could really pull out of everything that she said. But it's really three things that you could look at, right? So, one, is Jewish people a race or are they a religion? That's first and foremost, right? Are, are they really a ethnicity what is it what is it to be jewish right two she pointed out about it was white people going at white people theoretically she is correct there were germans right going at european jewish people who lived in that region or whatever the case may be that's correct uh the third thing that could be brought up from this is I think people misunderstood what she was saying, right? She she was trying to avoid the, like she said, the alleyway. Uh, once you start dealing with the alleyway, and I think a lot of white people understand this um, more than people of color about the alleyway. Once you open that up, it becomes semantics, right? It becomes what do we feel? What it couldn't it be based on? Because what it is to be race in America is not synonymous with race everywhere else. Um, but she's right about the alleyway. And that alleyway is like it's like a slope. It's like when white people complain, oh my God, you're bringing up the race card. That's what white people always say. You're bringing up the race card, and you could be saying something that really has something to do with race, and it'll tell you you're bringing up the race card. Um, that's the alleyway that she's talking about, and she's saying let's not get into that alleyway. Let's talk about what it really is, and this is the semantic point of: is it about race, or is it about people being the thief of humanity, people really being inhumane towards each other? And in in a broad sense, right when you're looking at it, she's correct. She is fucking correct. And I think that's why a lot of black people backed her on this argument. Because first and foremost, let's put it all out on the table. The relationships between black people and Jewish people is fucking murky. It's really murky. And I mean, it's it's difficult 
to talk about because one, not any, not everyone wants to admit that it's murky, right? Not everyone wants to admit that from both sides of Jewish and black people that they feel some type of way about each other, especially the white Jews. Nobody wants to admit that. Nobody wants to tackle the conversation. So you will see black people constantly in the media always saying things that are considered anti-Semitic, whether it's Louis Farrakhan, Nick Cannon, uh, Deshaun Jackson. Um, I can't remember everybody in the world that had it, but you will always see these situations in the news that come out of black people saying something that is considered anti-Semitic and and they don't and the black people were like, well, we don't know if we're saying something anti-Semitic. The reason why is because the lines is very murky. Um when you look at it, right, and, and, and you look at it from what it is, you'll see it goes back into when Jewish people came to the United States, right? And they were given some type of not, I won't consider it reparation. But they were given some type of, you know, sorry for your hardship. Here you go. Here's a new life for you. And black people looked at that shit and they said, what the fuck? We've been in slavery. We've been treated like shit. We can't get a fucking education. We're financially behind. We don't have any equity in our homes because you redline all the neighborhoods. What the fuck? Why would you give these people who I get it, they went through shit in the 40s for three years or four years, but we've been through slavery with you bitches and you still won't let us use the same bathroom. Consider this is the 1940s, 1950s. You still won't let us use the bathroom with you guys. You still won't let us drink from your fountain. You still won't let us you know, be anything that's close to you. And we've been living and we've been fighting for your fucking country. So that's how black people look at that shit. And they saw the Jewish people come into this country and they saw them get reparations for their hardship and what Hitler did to them. And black people and Jewish people relationships never really been the same, right? We never had real respect for them. It's the same thing with the people from Afghanistan. They're coming here to America now and, and America's giving them houses. They're giving them bank accounts. Meanwhile, you got poor black people sitting on the corner, homeless people that don't even know where they're going to live at in two years. They don't know where they're going to stay at. A lot of them, I just seen a homeless person die last week. Fucking dead. He woke up dead. Oh, well, he never woke up. He was dead. They found him dead outside of my fucking apartment. That's just the way it is. So, you know what I mean? When, when you look at the dynamics between black people and Jewish people, it's always a weird, a weird thing. I mean, from the fact that black people always say Jewish people stick together. Jewish people always take the money. They always have money. Things like that, right? Black people really believe that shit. Black people really believe Jewish people are about their paper, right? And to some people, that's considered anti-Semitic because back in the day when Hitler and them, they used to post things about Jewish people or put out propaganda, basically saying these stereotypes about Jewish people. So when Jewish people hear these stereotypes, they automatically assume in their mind, here we go again, we're about to be attacked. So that's why things are considered anti-Semitic. It's hard to explain that shit to black people because I think the other day my mother said something, right? And my mother is not a hateful woman, but she said something that would be considered anti-Semitic. And I stopped her and I said, yo, not in my fucking house. 
We don't speak like that in my house. Because why? I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly being objective when it comes to my opinions and when it comes to the things that are around me. So Whoopi said some things, right? She sparked conversations that could be stripped down and it could be really targeted wrong and it could really be a thing. She, she sparked a lot of direction by saying that line that it wasn't about race. I think a lot of people, and I know a lot of white people, and this is what white people do, and it gets on my fucking nerves. White people, every time someone says something that's racist or anti-something or homophobic or something, white people love to call that shit out, right? Instead of, and then white people lead to cancel. Instead of the counseling and really talking to people, white people say, uh-oh, we're not the only ones racist in the room. We ain't the only one transphobic in the room. Somebody else is. And then white people call it out. But to their defense, to their defense, they're constantly, white people are constantly being targeted and never, ever, they're never, ever being put into context for anything that they say. And that's a lot what this episode is going to be about today. Uh, Whoopi did strike a nerve with people. And that's because in Hitler's book, my Kampf, which I read many years ago, um, he called Jewish people, he pretty much singled them out as a race of people. Uh, he said that people that weren't like them, the white people that were blonde hair, blue eyes, they were the master race of people. Um, clearly, his definition of race is different from Whoopi's. See, Whoopi grew up in a time where Race wasn't as political as it is today. Uh, many of companies and people on online, they, they weaponize race. You know what I'm saying? Whoopi grew up in the time where to be race was to be black or white. And that was it, right? She, Of course, she knows there's a type of people that are Jewish. I mean, for God's sakes, Drake is Jewish, guys. Drake. Um... And that's not a white man. Jewish people come in all shapes and fucking sizes. You know what I mean? Um, it is what it is. I, I I think that you know, and that and that goes into it. Is it a religion or is it a type of people? Um, but I think Whoopi has this thing in her mind of what is race, and from that, and that's why she said, "Well, it's white on white, so it's not about race," because that's how she see race. She's not wrong. She's just not right in the world we're living in today. Um, we consider a lot of people different races. And, and we do that because everyone's special. Everyone's a race of a person. Everyone's a type of person. That's, that's the world we're living in now today. You know what I mean? Everyone has their own race of people. Is race real? We don't know. Depending on who you ask, they'll say that race is a social construct. I mean, the conversation that Whoopi has brought up is very interesting. And I wish I wish I would have got more of her opinion on it. I wish we would have more of a conversation on it and I get her side. You know, the view, the show that she was speaking on. I fucking hate those bitches. And the reason why is because I feel like they're pushing a narrative. Always. And it's supposed to be a view where you talk about your personal opinions on something. And I feel like they never do. They never speak their personal opinion on things. 
I'm sure Barbara Streisand right now is drooling in her own fucking spit. Seeing what her show became. You know what I'm saying? Even though we don't know the state of her, she could be incapacitated right now. Nobody haven't seen her in years. But that, anyway, I fucking hate that show. You know, for years, I seen them ridicule people like Joe Rogan. And I think a I think that conversation, Whoopi and Joe Rogan having that conversation will be a good conversation. So for three hours, she would have been able to explain herself, explain where she come from and why her values is that way. Explain the fact that her real last name isn't even fucking Goldberg. She's a fake fucking Jew. But she loved Jewish people and she will be able to explain that instead of on a show where she say something like that. And there's no fucking context. There's no way to fucking explain yourself because those ladies on that show, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to really talk and really explain themselves. Everyone wants to talk over somebody. You know, and that's what I kind of look at what she said. And uh, I just really wish that clip could have been longer. I really wish she would be able to break down what she really feel. And to ABC, suspending her for two weeks, I think that's unnecessary. And it was a black lady who suspended her. Goes to show, it'd be your own kind. Clearly, that black lady's more concerned about her job and the way she looked than to actually counseling Whoopi. Because here's the fucking crazy part with that clip. What Whoopi said was more important than to just blaming it on race. She's talking about something that's so fucking deep and that people just missed it. I hope one day that everybody's able to have a conversation. Well, speaking of Joe Rogan, we have to move on to Joe. So, this week, right, and last week, let's go back last week, right? Because I wasn't on the pod last week. Let's go. Uh, Last week in the world, right, uh, Joe Rogan was under fire for misinformation. Um, He had two people on his podcast that are doctors, and I think the first guy, he's a real, he was real spicy, right? Uh, he has a lot of crazy views, right? The, the way he, our point of views, the way he looks at the world, very crazy and intense, really intense. Uh, but when he came on the show, he wasn't as intense. He was just a normal person. Um, so people tuned in, and... After he got off the show, it was a bunch of doctors. I'm not sure of the amount. I can't remember. They signed up a letter saying, hey, you know, take Joe Rogan down Spotify for misinformation from COVID. Blase, blase, blah. Uh, Come to find out these people weren't even fucking medical doctors. They were people with PhDs. They were a bunch of different people, right? Uh but this interview, and I think it's Dr. Malone, I can't remember. Uh, this interview was so fucking crazy because this guy is the guy that created mRNA vaccines. Like He created the technology for it. And he self-proclaimed that he created the mRNA vaccine. But he has a patent. It's patent. Um, but he's against the vaccine, right? And, and that's why it's so polarizing. So anyway, he has them on a pod and these doctors have an uproar. Um, 
And then the news is dragging him. Now, the news been beefing with Joe Rogan for the last three months. And it all started with Joe Rogan. The fact that he was, I think it was him versus Fauci when Joe Rogan said that people that are 21 and healthy or whatever the case may be, they don't really need the vaccine because they're fucking healthy. And at the time, everybody was like, oh, my God, how can you say that? So I guess Joe kind of apologized. He cleared himself up and said that this is my personal thought. And that was it, right? But ever since then, the news been kind of, eh. It kind of been like a little tempted on him and beefing with him since then. A few weeks later, during the, I think it's the comedy show he had in Florida, Miami, uh, or Orlando, or Tampa, one of them, Florida, fuck it. Um, He caught COVID. Dun, dun, dun. He caught fucking COVID. And when he caught COVID, the news fucking had a fucking celebration. They were happy and excited that Joe Rogan, the king of podcasting, has officially been sick. I never see it's so fucking disgusting. I never seen a bunch of people so happy that someone is sick and it could be a grave Result of them being sick. I never see so fucking. It's that's that inhumane shit that Whoopi was talking about. It's fucking crazy. Uh, so they were like, Joe Rogan is finally sick. Joe Rogan puts out a video a day after he's sick, saying that he threw the kitchen sink at it. He used uh, ivermectin. He used monoclonal antibodies or whatever how you say it. He used that. He used some other shit. And pretty much, he's fine now, a day after. Now, this ivermectin shit is what a lot of conservative people been saying that they want to use instead of getting the vaccine. And ivermectin is two ivermectins. There's one that's medical approved, FDA or whatever the case may be approved. And the other one is used as horse dewormer. Uh, so when he puts out this fucking statement, right? Follow me. Um, he puts out this statement and everybody's like, oh, my God, he's using horse dewormer. Joe Rogan is using horse. And Joe's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I am not fucking using horse dewormer. I'm using something that my doctor prescribed to me and it's not horse dewormer. So people were getting their videos taken down on YouTube, everything just for saying the word Iver fucking Mectin. So Joe, right? So Joe brings on Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And basically, they talk about his beliefs on the vaccine, Sanjay Gupta's belief on the vaccine, and how Sanjay Gupta works for CNN. And Sanjay was also selling a fucking book, too. By the way, Dr. Fauci got a fucking book also. I, I, you know what? I really wanted to talk about that shit because I saw it in Target the other day. Dr. fucking Fauci has a book on the pandemic. When did he have enough time to write a book on the fucking pandemic if he was doing all of this work for the people? I just don't know. Now, back to Joe. Joey, back to him. So, Joe... Invite Sanjay Gupta on Or Sanjay Gupta wants to come on Whatever I don't know how it went They have a conversation for three hours It's a really intense conversation And it's basically their beliefs Sharing their beliefs And then it comes to a part where Joe Corners Sanjay in And I don't have the clip And he says You guys on CNN Y'all lied on me Y'all fucking lied 
Did Don Lemon and them lie? And basically, that's how it went. And Sanjay Gupta basically uh, admitted that CNN fucking lied. And that was the big story. Don Lemon then, the next night after the episode aired, he went to go defend himself or whatever the case may be. Mind you, this is the same time it's happening during the Chris Cuomo situation with CNN. And that's a whole nother fucking Marvel storyline within itself. Um, so let's get back to Joe. So after that is done, right? The media has been really poking at him, poking at him. And then when this interview happened with Dr. Malone, that was it. The media, the internet, all of the people that was left-wing Democrat people just really just went in and basically was like, Spotify has to take him down. I can't believe this or whatever the case may be. But it was just a little murmur. And then there was a musician. Uh, This musician is very talented, right? His name is Neil Young. Neil Young comes out with a statement. And he's saying, hey, Spotify, if you don't, listen, if you don't take Joe Rogan off, take down my fucking music and Spotify and Daniel Elk or whatever the fuck his name is. He looks at him and he says, "Okay, take his music down, because here's the thing. Spotify paid Joe Rogan. $100 million for three years to be exclusively on their network or on their streaming service or whatever the case may be. Paid $100 million. And they don't know if it's really $100 million. Joe Budden says it's $300 million, but I can't take fucking Joe Budden answer to be correct, but it's $100 million. That's what we really know. Um, So that situation happened, right? So take down my fucking shit. So then... They were like, nah, we're not taking down anything. And Joe, from his point of view, he's like, okay, this is getting weird. So Joe issues an apology. I wanted to make this video, first of all, because I think there's a lot of people that have a distorted perception of what I do, maybe based on sound bites or based on headlines of articles that are disparaging. Um, The podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation, specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically about two, one with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist and he is the most published physician in his field in history. Dr. Robert Malone owns nine patents on the creation of mRNA vaccine technology and is at least partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. Both these people are very highly credentialed, very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. I had them on, and because of that, those episodes in particular... Uh, those episodes were labeled as being dangerous. They had dangerous misinformation in them. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Like, for instance, eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID, you would be removed from social media. They They would ban you from certain platforms. Now... That's accepted as fact. 
if you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Now that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now that's on the cover of Newsweek. All of those theories that at one point in time were banned were openly discussed by those two men that I had on my podcast that have been accused of dangerous misinformation. I do not know if they're right. I don't know because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely. I get things wrong, but I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. I'm interested in finding out what the truth is. And I'm interested in having interesting conversations with people that have differing opinions. Um, I'm not interested in only talking to people that uh, have one perspective. That's one of the reasons why I had Sanjay Gupta on, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who I respect very much, and I really enjoyed our conversation together. He has a different opinion than those men do. I had Dr. Dr. Michael Osterholm on at the very beginning of the pandemic. Um, he is on President Biden's COVID-19 advisory board. I had uh, Dr. Peter Hotez on, who is uh, a vaccine expert. I'm interested in finding out what is correct and find, I'm also finding out how people come to these conclusions and what the facts are. So that was his apology, right? He said that things were going to be different, right? Uh, that's not the full thing, but he said that basically that they're going to add a disclaimer before the episode for controversial people who share different opinions, Right. Which I think is fucking stupid, but of course he's working under Spotify, and Spotify has to protect the interests of Spotify. Why the Neil Young situation was so important, and why I brought it up. This is why I brought it up. So after he posted this apology, all of the talk, the murmur disappeared, right for like a day. It was like okay. What is going on now? He pretty much put them to rest. And what's crazy is I think that's what they really wanted. Um, when it comes to those platforms or those type of people, right? The mob, once you give them something, they don't stop. They really want to destroy you. And back to Neil Young. So Neil Young, right? He put out that he wanted his music off. Now, the story about Neil Young, Neil Young was also uh, an activist in the 60s. I mean, he made a song about Ohio, uh, about the Kent State shooting and everything. Like, this dude, he, he, he has, you know, he has some real fight in him, right? He's not a lame, and I'm not going to disrespect him. He has real fight, and he's been doing it before I was here, before my parents was here. This man has been for the fight and for different fights that are different. Look, listen, we all don't have the same fights. You understand? Just because somebody is aware in social justice, environmental wise, that doesn't necessarily mean they have to have the same protest feeling towards things that are racial. Uh, we all have different fights. We all have different things that are important to us. And that's why somebody like, Neil Young and I don't disrespect him Just because his fight isn't my fight That doesn't mean he's not a fighter uh, 
You know, he grew up. I mean, this kid, this man had fucking polio, right? And he almost died from polio. And he was around before the vaccine was even here. And like this guy's pro-vax. You understand? That's his that's his angle. He's pro-vax. And I get it. He's willing to be free for certain things. But when it comes to the vaccine and shit like that and saving your life, I mean, when him and somebody like Jody Mitchell had fucking polio and they were sick as children, I mean, it's strong for them. You know, it's a different fight for them. I mean, it's totally different from the Democrats who want everybody vaxxed, even though the vaccine barely fucking works. It's it's totally different for him. He looks at this shit as life or death because he's been put in that situation before, even though the world now today don't understand it and those people from yesterday are now deceased. He still remembers. He still suffered for those pains of being sick. You understand what I'm saying? So I get him and I'm not going to call him out, but he did stand up to Spotify. And once he did that, it opened up a bigger conversation because he was doing it for the fact of misinformation and shit like that. But then this lady and she was a singer back in my time uh, growing up. Her name was India Irie. India Irie made this a music thing. Uh, Now, this is where it gets problematic. So the music, right? A lot of artists pull their music from Spotify. Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, like I called it, India Irie, uh, a bunch of fucking artists. Um, Roseanne, um, I forgot her last name. She has a podcast on there. Like, literally, she's like the second biggest podcast on Spotify. She pulled all her podcasts off of Spotify because she is protesting against Joe Rogan and the misinformation that he spread. But in the IRE, her stance was kind of different. She called Joe Rogan problematic. That's what she called him. And she used a clip of him saying the N-word. Now, why this is such a conspiracy, right, is because... Neil Young, after he pulled his music, he told everybody to go over to Amazon Music and stream his music. Now, we don't know the situation with that, but it's kind of it's kind of looking murky. And the conspiracy is, is that everyone is using Joe Rogan, the music guys, and we're going to talk about Indy Irie. Her situation is a little different, but all the rest of the people, it's a thing that they're using Joe Rogan to pretty much crash Spotify because they feel like Spotify is getting too big and they also feel like Spotify doesn't, you know, scratch their back when it comes to certain situations economically when it comes to music and streaming and things like that. And let me try to slow it down and break it up. Neil Young is sold his publishing this year to Blackstone, right, uh, uh, investment hedge fund. He sold his publishing to them. And Blackstone brought this company called Hypnosis for $1 billion. They merged with the company. Hypnosis is a fucking music, it's a music pretty much investment uh, partnership. And I guess it, it is fucking, I guess it's a long-term business deal. Uh, for $1 billion that they partnered, I guess they purchased them with um, or brought into hypnosis. He's not the only one who sold his catalog in the past year. 
John Legend, Little Wayne, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, Stevie Nicks, uh, Lindsey uh, Buckingham, Calvin Harris, RZA, Shakira, uh, Debbie Harry, and Chris Stein, and a bunch of other fucking people, Barry Manilow, a bunch of other people have sold their fucking publishing and catalog to hedge funds. Like, this is not a new thing that's going on. They're not, they're just selling their shit all away. And we're talking about big fucking bucks. We're talking about Stevie Nicks sold 80% of his stake of his catalog to New York City publishing company, Primary Wave, for $100 million. Bob Dylan sold all of his more than 600 songs to Santa Monica-based Universal Music Publishing Group for $300 million. I mean, these people are selling the catalog for big fucking money. And this is all tied into the Joe Rogan thing because this dude, Neil Young, he sold his catalog to Blackstone. And Blackstone, I mean, they do some real murky shit like i mean they're not just in the music right now they've been around and they've been doing hedge fund shit long before music uh they just got into it because they feel like streaming is a big thing and the reports came out that majority of the streams that are happening right now is old music kids are listening to old music they're no longer listening to the music that's out today because it's considered trash the value of the music today is not the same as the value of music yesterday. So those guys from yesterday is they're 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 selling their catalog because it makes more sense. Look, listen, if I keep my catalog and I die, my family is not going to know how to protect my catalog. While these businesses, they could keep my music alive longer because it's going to be put on commercials, it's going to be put in the metaverse and things like that. So this is the reason why a lot of these musicians are selling their catalog to these big hedge funds that we never heard of. I mean, these aren't the regular record labels like Warner or Sony or Universal Records. These are fucking people that's been funding wars and shit like that. They're selling their music to. Um but yeah, and and, and that's a, just a known thing that from the beginning of the time, it was always told to artists, keep your publishing. But nowadays, the artist is looking at it like this. Am I ever going to make $100 million net off this publishing? Probably not. In the streaming era, hell no. I might as well make all the money I can from it. And that's how they feel. It's like a big gold rush where a lot of old people are selling their music. Um, when it comes down to the breakdown and, and let's, and let's give a real good example. Let's look at Spotify since we're talking about it. 58 cents of a dollar. So let's say you make a dollar, right? 58 cents go to whoever owns the master. 29 cents stays with Spotify for every dollar that's made. Spotify collects 29 cents and then 12 cents go to the publisher Normally, that's the artist. The artist keeps their publishing. The record label keeps the masters. And everyone's supposed to be happy in a perfect world. But that's not what really happens. Usually, the artist doesn't even own the fucking publishing. The masters, they the record labels own the masters and the publishing. All together, the artists get a percentage of whatever the they sell the music for to the to the record labels and then they're disgruntled the whole time. That's usually how it fucking happens. Today get enough money where they could get their publishing back and then they could finally make some money off of it. The publishing is the residual income part. Uh, it's 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 fucking crazy, right? How much I, I mean and I and I did the math. Like let's look at it. For a hundred streams, you get twenty three cents. A hundred streams. 
For one million streams, we talking about big artists like Drake, you're getting $2,380 for one million streams. That's not a lot of fucking money. This is just from Spotify numbers. Now, of course, I think Tidal pays the most. Uh, then it's like Amazon Music and then there's YouTube and then there's Spotify or Spotify and YouTube. I think YouTube pays the least amount of money. But that's to show you how much streams is like nothing. It's, it's basically nothing because you're not purchasing it. You know what I mean? I, I could get on Spotify for free right now. I don't have to pay for Spotify and I could listen to free music. Basically, the ads come on in the middle of the music and then pretty much Spotify is taking their money not only from the ad revenue, but they're also taking their money from the artists, this, their cut that they got with the artists. Streaming is it really fucks up the game, but it makes it better for the listeners. But for the artists, it's really hard for them to get their feet Wet because back in the day when you had to buy CDs and stuff, they will be able to rake that money in a lot quicker. Um, and here's another thing. All of those big tech firms and stuff that brought all of that music. Well, they have interest in seeing Spotify go down also, because guess what? When Spotify stock go down. A lot of those guys, they bet against the stock and they come up big because they know it's about to happen. When Neil Young said that he was pulling his music off, Spotify stock went down. And guess what? I'm sure that company Blackstone and all those other publishing companies that are investment firms and hedge funds, I'm sure they got paid from that. And I'm sure they have interest in fucking Jeff Bezos and Amazon and the fact that Amazon's about to go through a split too of their stock and everybody's getting ready for that split. I think it's going to be a, a I think it's they said it's going to be a big split coming, but all of those big tech and all of those hedge funds, they got interest in seeing Amazon Music get money too. You don't think that they're investing in all of that? It's all a big conspiracy and I think that they they want to see Joe Rogan now. It's just it's no coincidence that Wall Street Journal, who is owned by Jeff Bezos, is putting up, you know, how to get out of Spotify, how to leave your Spotify account, how to transfer your music. They have fucking articles about this. They're not hiding. But that goes to show, and that's the real conspiracy theory on why Neil Young decided to pull out of Spotify is this whole thing to take Spotify down because Spotify aren't paying his artists a lot of money. Uh, Indy I read that was one of her main reasons. So now Joe Rogan just doesn't have the whole news, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC trying to fight him. No, he also got every fucking music artist in the world trying to fight him. So it's this group on Twitter named Patriot Takes. Patriot Takes released this video of Joe Rogan, which been around forever, of Joe Rogan saying the N-word all throughout the beginning episodes of his podcasts back in the day, like 12 years ago. It got him saying the N-word, nigga this, nigga that, nigga this. And they pretty much put it like together as a collection video, and they sent it out to all black artists, including India Iree. India Iree put out a statement saying, look, listen, I'm taking my music off of Spotify because Joe Rogan is problematic and that he's getting paid a hundred million. Meanwhile, I'm getting paid since. Now, India Iree was never that big. She was big back in the day because that's the way the system was. Every artist was big back in the day, but she was never, and this is the 2000s I'm talking about, she was never that big, big to where I'm sure people are playing her music now. I I doubt it. I doubt it because her music wasn't that, it wasn't ringing off back then. 
uh, it was ringing off, and I'm not going to disrespect her. It was she did get plays, but it wasn't as crazy as what she could have been. And I think when I look at Indiari, I think about somebody like Tank, uh, somebody like uh, Tink. Uh, it's just weird, Tyrese. This is weird. She comes from that era. Uh, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you got the bigger acts like the Jill Scotts. Uh, Erica Badu, you got the bigger arch from back then. I think that she came and it was kind of a weird time. And then right after her, the Jasmine Sullivan's came and then she was pretty much gone. She was pretty much non-existent. Uh, so she said that she wants to take her music off because of the pay. And I think that was her main concern. Why the fuck is Spotify paying Joe Rogan $100 million? Meanwhile, they're paying me cents. Well, India, let me explain to you. The reason why Joe Rogan is being paid $100 million is because he bring new listeners. I, Xavier, was not on Spotify. I never had a Spotify account before Joe Rogan came there. I got my Spotify account because of Joe Rogan. I don't use it for anything else besides Joe Rogan. That's why Spotify hired Joe Rogan, to get people like me who refuse to fucking fuck with them, get us on there and get us on that platform. And, and that's why Joe Rogan's bringing in new people. When Joe Rogan drop an episode, and this let me get back to CNN and all of those other news companies. When Joe Rogan drop an episode, it's equivalent to Taylor Swift dropping an album three times a week. For one episode, 11 million people tune in. 11 fucking million. Do you know who got the... You know, other news platforms or, or media platforms, you know who else comes in second to him? Tucker Carlson, per an episode, gets 3 million. And I'm being nice. It's really 2.3. But round it off, roughly it's 3 million viewers he get per an episode. Meanwhile, CNN, now that Chris Cuomo's gone, they get less than a million, about 800,000 for their primetime special. 800,000 viewers they get. Joe Rogan pulls at least 10 million more than them. 10.2 million more than them. The media wants to take Joe down. And when this video got released, I, 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 was, I was disgusted by it. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty disgusted by it. Because that's not what I know Joe as, right? I don't know him personally. As a person who listened to him for the last few years, I've never heard him say anything fucking racist in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never heard Joe speak like that. And it was kind of surprising. So Joe did pull out an apology, and this was his apology. Now, I know that to most people, there is no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years, but for a long time, when I would bring that word up, like if it would come up in conversation and stay, instead of saying the N word, I would just say the word. I thought as long as it was in context, people would understand what I was doing. Like that context was part of the clip we were talking about Red Fox how Red Fox said that word on television in the 1970s and how times have changed so much since then. Or about how Richard Pryor used it as one of the titles of one of his albums. Or I was quoting a Lenny Bruce bit or I was quoting a Paul Mooney bit or a, I was talking about how Quentin Tarantino used it repeatedly in Pulp Fiction 
Or I was talking about how a Netflix executive, ironically, used it because he was trying to compare it to another offensive word and he said it out loud and they fired him. Not calling anybody or just saying the word out loud. I was also talking about how there's not another word like it in the entire English language because it's a word where only one group of people is allowed to use it and they can use it in so many different ways. Like if a white person says that word, it's racist and toxic, but a black person can use it and it could be a punchline. It could be a term of endearment. It could be lyrics to a rap song. It could be a positive affirmation. It's a very unusual word, but it's not my word to use. That was his apology. I thought it was a sincere, real apology. Um, you know, I just, it's fucked up, right? Because at one time, context did matter in everything um, during that era. You know, I kind of think about it sometimes of how the internet back in the day was just a, such a wild free place. You would just be whoever you wanted to be. Kind of how they marketing the uh, the metaverse now, right? You could be whoever you want to be. And then the tech oligarchs and everybody's in control. They're going to come and they're going to put their power on it. Once it becomes a public space, you can't say nothing. Um, I'm not saying that's okay that he said the N-word. I'm not saying that. I'm speaking of everything, the misinformation, the him having the guest on just to hear them out, just to hear a conversation. You can't even have a conversation without people feeling like, you know, everything is intentional, right? You can't even express your free thoughts and how you think. You know, he he, he said that he thought that him saying it will be put into context. Uh, I mean, he couldn't predict that 12 years from now that. The world didn't care about context anymore. We only care about what we see. And it was right for him to apologize. Um, you know, white people are always going to be curious of why they can't use it. They're going to always be curious because it is in music. It is in movies. It is. People always say it. People say it on the radio. They're going to always be curious on why. They could say it. Why we can't say it? If it's a racial slur, why are people addressing it as a, a an endearment or something? Yeah, I get you. Um, and I get why you shouldn't say it. Me as a black person, I barely say it. It's hard for me to say it. Um, that's how you know. I think I used it on the podcast maybe one time, two times. Um, I, I don't talk like that And that's out of respect for The people that's still alive from that time period My grandmother Is still alive And When she was growing up White people used that word And they were very vicious with it uh, She grew up down south And just out of respect for people who still walk this earth I just don't Use it or I try not to use it As much as possible Even I say the N word I say that And it's not I'm not self-censoring myself Because obviously I'm a wild boy I say what I want But I just try to uh, I try to be respectful To those people That walked this earth Before me That's why I don't say it 
Not because I really feel anything about it. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. And, you know, they also got on his ass about uh, him saying that black people were apes or whatever the case may be. Uh, I got the clip. I'll put on the clip. He takes us there. We get out. And we're giggling. Oh, we're going to see Planet of the Apes. We walk into Planet of the Apes. <laughs> we walked into Africa, dude. We, we, we walked in the door, and there was no white people. There was no white people. We, Planet of the Apes didn't take place in Africa. Just, that was a racist thing for me to say. But you see what I'm saying. Everybody was super cool. You know how people always complain that black people talk to the movie theater and talk to screen? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. But it's good. It adds it's to the experience. Yeah, if would yeah. you know and like so the way i felt like i'm like look i'm in their neighborhood this is how they go to the movies who the f am i to be offended by how they like to go to the movies yo so i mean he was basically saying how he ended up having to see a movie in philadelphia and ended up being in a black neighborhood that was what he had said i thought it was pretty funny when i listened to it like you know, while I was being reported, I, I kind of laugh about it. I thought it was a bit, right? It was a bit. It was racist, but it was a bit. He was trying to tell the story, and he was trying to get graphics, and he was flowing. You could just tell he was flowing. And when he thought about it, he said, that's racist. Uh, he did apologize for that, too. I mean, even me, one day... Years down the line, for things I say on this podcast, it may come back on me. Who knows? Um, that's why I say what I mean, and I try to be authentic as possible when it comes to myself and who I am, even on the pod, even off the pod. You know, who knows what the future may hold, but, you know, it's, it sucks. It really sucks because... I see all of what's going on with Joe Rogan. I see it, and to me, it's a fucking smear campaign. It's a hit piece, but I'm going to let y'all decide. I'm going to let y'all decide what it really is. Obviously, he was out of line for saying the N-word. He apologized. Um, he tried to appease people by saying that he's going to put a disclaimer on his episodes and apologize just for having a conversation. They made this man apologize for having a conversation. He's doing what he can to help Spotify. But, I mean, even Rumble, the conservative uh, YouTube, it, it's like YouTube, it's called Rumble. Um, even they offer him $100 million for four years. If I was him, I wouldn't take it because he just signed a deal for three years in 2020. Um, and he's on his second year of that deal. Um, I wouldn't sign it. Come get me when I'm a free agent. That's what I would say. Um, but you know what? Joe Rogan's not even a Republican. That's the crazy part. I mean, all these Democrats is against him, but calling him a conservative host or whatever. The dude is a fucking Democrat. He's not a traditional Democrat. Of course, he has heterodox views, but he's a fucking Democrat. He voted for Bernie Sanders. God, God, Lee. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I can't, you can't change everybody. But this shit is tied into some deep shit. The Patriot takes the people that put that clip out of him saying the N words. That group is tied into hedge funds also for the Democrats. 
Yep. Real shit. They're supported by hedge funds. The same people that's doing this thing to smear Joe Rogan is connected to hedge funds. Just like the same people like that's doing the Neil Young shit and the musicians standing up, fighting against Spotify, they're tied to hedge funds also. Yes, a lot of people, powerful people, are trying to take down Joe Rogan. So, you know, and I'm just putting it out there and I just want to put as much facts as possible to get people to understand the whole story of what happened. You know what I mean? And it, it's so fucked up, but I, I feel, you know, a lot of people online, um, Punch for TDE, he had wrote back to me, was like, why do you feel the need to protect Joe Rogan? And I'm like, Punch, I'm not just protecting Joe Rogan. I'm protecting all podcasters. Those who come after me and those who are with me, my peers right now in the in the media space of podcasting. We cannot be silenced. Because if Joe, the biggest podcaster, is silenced, what about guys like me? Peace. When I show up. On the night I was born, the rain was pouring, God was crying, lightning struck, power outage, sparks was flying, the real ones here, the young boy that walked with lions around the outlines of chalk where the corpse is lying, of course I'm trying to revive a sport that's dying, but the guns and the drug bars that y'all are lying, got these nerves thinking that you niggas hard as iron, but that just mean I ain't as comfortable as y'all with lying, stretching the truth, no I never stress in the booth, they feel the pressure me, I feel like I just left them a masseuse, effortless, how I'm skating on these records is proof, I put your favorite rapper neck in the noose, never letting them loose, cold world, the heater blast of your speaker, he the last of Mohicans, no weakness, last in my sneakers, nigga want me on the song, he gon' see the wrath of the reaper, I'm probably gon' go to hell if Jesus asked for a feature, I'm higher than niggas, they don't need a bag full of reefer, some see the glass is empty, I see a glass full of ether, collecting his bread and mass like he a Catholic preacher, just to count a nigga cash, you might need a calculus teacher, Eureka, Einstein on the brink of the theory of relativity, really no MC equal, feel me coping be lethal, crib like an old MTV show, uh, on God, the best rapper alive, headshot, not going ass, the best rappers that died, they tell you he never lied, nigga, yeah, Tanner talk,